4: A new week starts right here, right now, live on a Monday morning on the early line on SportsGrid and all across the SportsGrid network. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. We are together here to start off this new week live on the Grizz network up until 11 a.m. Eastern time for the next three hours. A full recap of the Sunday slate around the National Football League in week. Week number 14, a doubleheader, a rarity at this time of the NFL schedule on Monday night to end out week number 14. And we'll look back on the weekend that was across the sports landscape, a historic free agency signing Shohei Otani stays in L.A., but he goes across I-5, now a member of the Dodgers and in the in-season tournament in the association. The first ever NBA Cup champion is crowned. It's the L.A. Lakers. All of that, Donnie right side over these next three. Three hours up until 11 a.m. Eastern.
5: We got a lot to get to here, which includes that AFC playoff race, which is absolutely mm. out of control to break down. You got a doubleheader tonight, both games starting at 8 15. You got Thursday night football this weekend. You got a Saturday and Sunday football slate, and bowl season is going to come oh. into your life now, Do I like bowl season in my life? No, I don't, but I appreciate that others like it, so I'll join in the fun as well,
4: Ben. I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people. You you are a man of the people. Six FBS ball games starting on this upcoming Saturday as well. As a triple header on the National Football League, Week 15 gets underway. But Week 14 is our focus. We look back on Sunday night football at the star. The end of the five-game gauntlet for Philadelphia. And they are glad to come to the end of this road. And the Dallas Cowboys make it 15 in a row. 15 consecutive home victories in Dallas for the boys. They blow out the Eagles on Sunday night. 33-13. Thirty-three, thirteen. 13 Quickly, let's bring in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one, the opening day of a new week, live right here on a Monday on TEL. Sirius XM, channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. side, and the Dallas Cowboys have won all seven of their home games in 2023. A 15-game home win streak dating back to 2022. They beat the Birds by 20, covering as a three-and-a-half-point home... Favorite 33-13, the final score, Donnie, on Sunday Night Football.
2: Yeah,
5: beginning of the season, I had a feeling this was one of the games that the Philadelphia Eagles would lose, and they lost by 20 points or didn't play well. But also, you have to remind yourself of the fact here, Dallas is a very good football team. Dallas is even better at home. Dallas had the rest advantage. This is what you're supposed to do. When we look at the big picture coming up, three teams tied at 10-3 and three atop of the NFC East standings. If I had to pick it right now in seeding, it's going to be the 49ers number one, the Eagles number two, and the Dallas Cowboys number five. You might say, hold on, Donnie. Dallas Cowboys technically in first place. Yes, they are. But if both of these clubs win out, which they won't, because the Dallas Cowboys got a couple losses coming up. But even if they both won out, the Philadelphia Eagles would have the tiebreaker over a better NFC record and would be that two seed here. So that's where we'll leave it there. But we got a lot of talk about this football game. We'll do it in the next segment.
4: A full review of Sunday Night Football, every market that has moved after the conclusion last night in Dallas. We will talk about that coming your way in just a moment as we keep it rolling around the NFL Sunday slate. Week number 14 from an NFC battle out to the AFC. For a third consecutive year, the Buffalo Bills go into Arrowhead and they get a victory outright. In the regular season, twenty to seventeen the final. The Bills winning as a slight one and a half point road underdog. The story of the game, the final minute of regulation. Kadarius Tony lines up offside it was an offensive offsides call on KC it nullifies what would have been a miraculous play from Travis Kelsey on a lateral to Tony himself walking into the end zone for the go ahead score but the flag was thrown KC goes down 20 to 17 against Buffalo
5: yeah, we're going to talk about this also next, so I don't even want to spot burn this, but I'm just going to say playing wide receiver for four years in high school and four years in college, I never lined up offside one time. Do you know why? It's fail-proof. You line up as a wide receiver no matter where you're at. Look at the side. You point to the ref. You could, Ben, you could be touching a linebacker, and if he shakes his yeah. head, yes, you're on sides on that play. Inexcusable. No excuses need to be made, but the Chiefs making a lot of excuses today. I can't wait to burn them.
4: Buffalo firmly into that playoff picture, now 7-6. In fact, there are six teams around the AFC with a 7-6 overall record at the end of week number 14. Cleveland Browns, not one of them. Joe Flacco throwing for over 300 yards. The Browns turn over the Jags four different times, and they win 31-27 as a short one-and-a-half point home favorite, despite the fact, Donnie, Trevor Lawrence played in the game for Jacksonville, but he threw three INTs.
5: Yeah, he did. They turned it over way too many times. Interceptions, fumbles all over there. Opportunistic defense here for the Cleveland Browns. And shout out Joe Flacco. The offense does look legitimate here with him at the helm. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, we'll see him go up against better competition. And yes, your superstar quarterback was trying to fight through a high ankle sprain. That's a big time win for Cleveland, who maybe we thought were dipping out of the playoffs. Now, right back in the hunt again.
4: The Jags have dropped two straight. They are now eight and five, but still a one game cushion in the AFC South over a group of teams at seven and six. The Browns in the top wild card spot in the AFC with that eight and five overall record as well. The best team in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. The Flock got a test yesterday at home on a wet and rainy Sunday in the Charm City, but the Ravens do win in overtime. A Tylen Wallace 76 yard punt return in that extra session walks it off for Baltimore the Ravens victorious 37 31 over the LA Rams
5: I had the tweets ready to go I can't believe this Ravens team see it too many times Lamar Jackson leads into a comeback defense can't hold anybody they lose to a Rams team they were favored by more than a touchdown the to beat and yet they survived in overtime and now you start looking at the broader picture in the AFC is this a legitimate Super Bowl run now here for the Ravens who now hold by themselves the number one overall seat if the season ended today
4: at this moment the miami dolphins on monday night though nearly a two touchdown favorite at home against the titans they can improve to 10 and 3 with a victory plenty more from the sunday slate around the nfl coming up next but now we go elsewhere around the sports landscape from the weekend the narrative that started here on the early line ends in las vegas on saturday night lebron james has something on the resume michael jordan could never even sniff that's an nba cup the first ever nba in-season tournament the last Angeles Lakers, the champions, 123-109 on Saturday in Las Vegas, Donnie, covering as a four-point favorite against the Indiana Pacers.
5: I mean, imagine how crazy the NBA playoffs would be if it was a single elimination tournament, which would lead you to believe that just about anybody can win it, which is why the Pacers wound up in the final of the in-season tournament. That was a big-time performance by Anthony Davis, and you get an MVP Oof. award for LeBron James and another king moment on center court.
4: Double doubles for both LeBron at 24 points 11 boards Anthony Davis 41 points and 20 rebounds but the big news on Saturday afternoon Shohei Ohtani signing with the LA Dodgers the richest contract in the history of North American professional sports a 10 year $700 million deal for Ohtani now the newest member of the Dodgers.
5: Los Angeles Dodgers fans won. The rest of Major League Baseball absolutely lost on that deal.
4: A plenty more reaction coming your way on Shohei's new deal with L.A. and Jaden Daniels makes history for LSU. The Heisman Trophy winner in New York City. That's what Daniels pulled off on Saturday
3: night. More on TEL next
4: A five-game gauntlet for the Philadelphia Eagles that after their bye week, each and every Sunday or even Monday night, felt like a game-of-the-year atmosphere. And that's what we saw on Sunday night at the Star in Dallas. Game of the year four for the Birds to end out this five-game run. But really the story, the Dallas Cowboys at home. 15 consecutive home victories in Dallas for the boys dating back to 2022 and last Last night, dominance in Dallas once again, 33-13 over their NFC East rivals. The Cowboys easily covering as a three-and-a-half point favorite. So Philadelphia now has lost two in a row. Dallas improves to 10-3. There are three teams tied atop the NFC realistically right now with a 10-3 mark. And the Cowboys, Donnie, have covered in nine of their ten victories this year as a favorite, 9-2 and two against the spread.
5: Yes, they're a good football team, man. They're going to make some hay in the playoffs, and they will make it to round number two. I just don't know if they're going to be able to make it to the NFC Championship game because you have to look at this. The five seed is a prime spot here in the NFC. Yep. And let's just say the Dallas Cowboys get that, and they go on the road to face the Atlanta Falcons. They'll win that football game and move on, which is key. Same thing if the Philadelphia Eagles somehow falter against Seattle and Dallas Cowboys win out, which, again, we'll get to that a little bit later. If the Eagles drop to the fifth seed, they would get to play the NFC team and move, NFC NFC. Uh, team and move on as well so if you're trying to manage this out it's not the end of the world for either one of these teams now as I said before the Philadelphia Eagles heading down the backstretch here. Seattle, which is going to be a tough game. It's a road game. It's hard to win yeah. games on the road in the NFL, no doubt about it. But if they get through that, it's two against the Giants and one against the Commanders. Those should be three easy wins. The Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the Detroit Lions, you know, and and so on and so forth. Even the Miami Dolphins are included in there. But let's focus on the Dallas Cowboys last night and what they did right. Their offenses look great this season. Dak Prescott, yeah. MVP conversation? Absolutely so. They have quality wide receivers, a solid running game, and a devastating pass rush. That'll win your football games in the nfl but also take a look from the philadelphia eagles perspective when this gauntlet started forget about even going way back here ben to the original cowboys games and the miami dolphins games let's just start this against the kansas city chiefs who again aren't the kansas city chiefs of the past couple years you came out of there with your bye week all right we're refreshed and ready Well, you're on the road in Kansas City, had a bye week, and it was a Monday night football game. Fast forward that to the following week against, you played an overtime game at home on a short week against the (laughs) Buffalo Bills. Then you fast forward to that to go and play the 49ers, who are a great football team. They have the four-day rest advantage when you just played an overtime game the week before. Then you go take on the Dallas Cowboys. Three straight weeks, they have at-home games and also an extra four-day rest at home. It's not surprising to me, and it's not sour grapes because Dallas was the better football team yesterday overall. But after this gauntlet ends, if you looked at the Eagles record at the beginning of the season you would have taken that every single time and as we stated before if everybody wins out the 49ers will be the top seed the Eagles will be number two and the Dallas Cowboys will be number five but last night not good enough from the Eagles just running on basically empty at this point but that was a big time win for the Dallas Cowboys they really showed up
4: And I think that's the thing for me, Donnie. 33-13, the final score. We stay well under a pregame total of 52. In fact, it snapped a four-game streak of prime time overs around the National Football League dating back to last Thursday night. The Philadelphia Eagles have been booked as an underdog now just four times since the start of 2022. Only one time last year, closing as a slight point-and-a-half underdog in Super Bowl 57, then against the Chiefs in the rematch on that Monday night. Last week at home, a a two-and-a-half-point dog against San Francisco. Last night on the road in the Star, a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. In that span, they are one and three, both straight up and against the spread. Rest disadvantage for the birds in three consecutive weeks, having to go on the road to Dallas, where the Cowboys now have won 15 straight games. I think losing was not a surprise, but the manner in which Philadelphia has lost their last two games by 20 points at least to both the 49ers and the Cowboys, I can understand if sports talk radio in Philadelphia today or fans of the Birds, Donnie, are a little bit concerned by what they have seen. I will. Say for Philadelphia, the silver lining is the end of this five-game gauntlet that started against Dallas prior to the bye week at home at Lincoln Financial Field because now the Eagles do not play a team that is currently at 500 or better. It's four remaining opponents below 500, including the Seahawks, and they'll get an extra day of rest before they fly out to the Pacific Northwest for Monday Night Football to end out week number 15. The Birds, as of this moment, in early four and a half point favorite that's the silver lining for philadelphia the easiest schedule remaining in the national football league but as we look at that quarterback comparison the dallas cowboys donnie a perfect 7-0 at home this year they have scored 30 or more points in every home win they have covered in nine of their 10 victories this season and last night against philadelphia at this current moment the first win for the cowboys against a team with a winning record and dak prescott threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns He is now the lone favorite to win the NFL MVP, a plus 150 price.
5: Yes, he is, and he should be right now currently, because that was a big-time win by them. He's had a couple weeks where they stacked up on that offense, 49, 33, 45, 41, and 33. They're humming here. Now let's see if they can continue that. You're going to go on the road and play the Buffalo Bills next Sunday afternoon at 425. That stadium is going to be on fire with what the Buffalo Bills did on Sunday as they are back into the race now. Then you go on the road and take on the Miami Dolphins, who just might be now the best overall team in the AFC. You know they're fighting for playoff positioning, win their division, and also more importantly, get that number one overall seed. And then you get the Detroit Lions at home. This is an unbelievable four-game gauntlet. they through the first one here with the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, but no more rest advantages the way out here in two games on the road. Let me tell you this. I don't think Dallas is winning out. If they do, Dak Prescott is going to be by far the MVP, and it's going to be a runaway yeah. if they wind up in that final game against the Commanders here after beating the Eagles, Bills, and Dolphins in back-to-back-to-back games.
4: No doubt about it. Dallas right now, the 10th most difficult schedule remaining in the National Football League. So again, Dak Prescott, the favorite to win the NFL MVP award, plus 150, trailing him by only 50 cents is Brock Purdy. Those two quarterbacks have the two best passer ratings, QBRs, least amount of interceptions, and both rank in the top 10 in terms of passing yards throughout this season. Dak Prescott put that on display last night, a fumble that was scooped and scored by Jalen Carter, the rookie defensive lineman for philadelphia but outside of that blemish free football once again donnie we knew there was going to be market movement based on the result based on how close the game was or how lopsided the result ended up being like we saw last night dallas easily covering is a three and a half point favorite winning by 20 points but to your point donnie There's not a ton of movement in the NFC East. Philadelphia still remains a hefty odds-on favorite at minus 320, despite the fact that as of this moment on this Monday morning, the Cowboys sit in that first-place position. The Eagles have a much easier schedule down the home stretch, and it could be that battle for the top spot in the NFC East division and what ends up being the top spot in the NFC wildcard.
5: Yeah, and that's what you have to look forward to at this point here. So, yes, you might wake up this morning, and get that extra motivation from the Eagles side. We're not even in first place anymore at this point. But if you handle your business the rest of the way out, and the Philadelphia Eagles will be favored in every single one of those games. Keep in mind, yeah. underdogs against the 49ers, underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys, favored against Seattle. I believe it's a four-and-a-half-point line here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll see if Geno Smith plays next week. Drew Locke, by the way, we'll get to a little bit later. Didn't look all that bad. Yeah. I thought they put up a pretty nope. good fight against the 49ers. But the Eagles should be able to win that football game and away they go. I just want to focus more on the Dallas Cowboys at this point, heading down that stretch. The next two weeks, mm-hmm. they're going to make or break it. Is this one of those teams we look at the Dallas Cowboys? Same old, same old, or are they ready to step up into a heavyweight championship fight and get themselves into a playoff tangle and finally make an AFC and excuse me, an NFC championship game?
4: The Cowboys at this moment, a very short one and a half point road underdog in Western New York in Buffalo next Sunday afternoon. I think the most movement that we saw following Sunday night football was the negative odds movement on Philadelphia. The birds now plus 330 to win the NFC championship, the second best price, but more than $2 behind San Francisco, both Philadelphia and Dallas plus 750. At this moment, tied for the same price to win Super Bowl 58 alongside Kansas City. That group of three tied for the fourth best price to win the Lombardi Trophy this season in the National Football League. We'll look at the other marquee matchups from Sunday up next. So after the marquee matchup on Sunday Night Football at the Star, we show you the other marquee matchups from the late afternoon slate on Sunday around the National Football League. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning on the early line. What a game it was out in Kansas City, inside Arrowhead Stadium between the Chiefs and the Bills. They have had some more key matchups over the past few seasons there in Arrowhead, and the last three regular season games have all gone the way of the road team. That would be the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo fresh off the bye, improving to seven and six, winning outright as a slight one-and-a-half point underdog 20-17 to 17 over KC. But the story of the game, Donnie, was the very end end of the game just over a minute remaining Patrick Mahomes as they're down by three finds Travis Kelsey down the middle of the field a 25-yard pass Travis Kelsey then looks to his left he throws a lateral backwards to Kadarius Tony, who is wide open by himself with nothing but green grass in front he walks into the end zone Kansas City jubilant they celebrate at Arrowhead except there was a flag Back at the line of scrimmage. Kadarius Toney blatantly lines up in the neutral zone, offensive offsides. Not a call you often see made in the National Football League, but the correct one. But that did not mean Kansas City was all too pleased with the outcome following the game.
5: Yeah, let's start right there with this whole, you know, controversy or whatever the Kansas City Chiefs are making this. And a lot of times in the NFL, Andy Reid is right. You get a courtesy call, which means, Ben, third play of the game where the other team has already been tipped off saying, hey, look, the offensive tackle looks like he's lining up in the backfield every play. The linesman will come in and say, hey, look, I'm just going to tell you now. Make sure you're on that line of scrimmage. You now, we got some yeah. calls from the league or we got some calls from somewhere that you've been lining up back there. Just make sure you're on that. And I'll give you a little bit of leeway here. That always happens here. And also, as I talked about being a wide receiver, the end guy on the line of scrimmage points to the ref. He nods his head. Ben, you could be three yards in the backfield or three yards ahead of the line of scrimmage. You get the nod, you're on sides because the side judge says yeah. you are. But you're not getting the benefit of the doubt as a slot receiver in a big moment that's lined up clearly over the ball. That's going to be thrown every time. And here's what I love. did that lose the game for the chiefs did i miss the chiefs being horrendous for three quarters on offense dropping every football and causing their own penalties that we're going to blame it on this one play at the end of the game and also did it end the football game that he went all sides was that the final play of the game where they didn't get the football back or take any more snaps absolutely not there was a tip ball on third down after that and an incomplete fourth down pass enough of the madness they did this to themselves why because they invested poorly at wide receiver and now they're reaping none of the benefits of having a quality wide receiving core to go with the most talented quarterback, Ben, in the NFL.
4: There are no doubts. There should be questions about this Kansas City offense and the lack of what they did to improve the wide receiver room. Last year, it was fine. This year, the wideouts have cost Kansas City multiple football games. Kadarius Tony, not just last night, but in the season opener, dropping a football that went right into the arms of Brian Branch for Detroit, that they took back for a pick six. Kansas City lost that game by one. Tony multiple drops in that season opener as well. We have seen what has happened at Kansas City the last few Sundays in prime time as well at the wide receiver position. There is no doubt the wideouts have plagued this Kansas City offense. But the call was correct. Kadarius Tony was blatantly offside. And it's also slightly on Patrick Mahomes to not have knowledge of where his teammates are. That's the role of the quarterback, to know exactly where everybody is lined up and to make sure they are in the correct formation so no flag, no dirty laundry makes its way on the field. Andy Reid was upset. The line judge did not tell the Kansas City sideline, hey, your guy's lined up offside, but if he does not check then it's on KC. It's on the offense. It was not some fluke phantom PI call or lack thereof like we have seen the last few weeks. Now the other side of the coin. Buffalo comes out of their bye week, a grueling stretch to end out the year with very little margin of error. They went outright as a short underdog on the road in KC, their third consecutive regular season win inside Arrowhead. Buffalo now, Donnie, one of six teams in the AFC wildcard Card chase with a seven and six overall record.
5: And by the way, I'm not even giving flowers here to the Buffalo Bills as if they went and did some oh. monstrous effort and oh, such an amazing win that we had. Yes, that was a win that they needed, and they went and got, got it. You're going to get some credit there. I don't think Josh Allen was all that good yesterday. You better put Superman James Cook, you know, in his pedestal yesterday. 10 carries, 58 yeah. yards, good for 5.8 yards per carry, and was your leading wide receiver by a wide shot. Five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Where are the wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills been? Where the heck is Stephon Diggs, one of the top five wide receivers, coming into the season? Prake is basically basically invisible for the past five or six games here for the Buffalo Bills we're waiting for them to step up but it was finally one of those efforts because even when you saw that final play play out Ben it's like oh my goodness look at this Kelsey throws across they score a touchdown it was so Buffalo Bills esque it hurt like this team was up 14 to nothing is going to lose a football game to the Chiefs on that type of play here but they held on there's something to be said for that because the talent is there for the Buffalo Bills to make some noise in the AFC but we were a refs flag away from a 6 and 7 Bills team going like how did this even happen how are the Bills under 500 they're a 7 and 6 ball club their record it says yeah. what they are they're not a great ball club but they came up in big spots yesterday to claim that victory and held on and we'll see where they go from here yeah
4: in comparison of these two AFC contenders that we expect to be there at least at the end of the road in the postseason, Buffalo the fifth best price to win the AFC title at 11-1. to That's not the most important number on Buffalo at this moment. The Bills now plus 118 to make the postseason. They were plus 360 during their bye week, a shortening price to make the playoffs. For Kansas City, despite the struggles offensively, despite winning football games, and despite the fact that KC has now lost two in a row. The Chiefs remain the favorites in the AFC. No longer the case. The Baltimore Ravens, now the favorite to win the AFC championship at plus 260. KC tied for that second best number alongside the Dolphins at plus 290. Yeah, and
5: it should be that way, too, because you know what I'm saying? And again, this is a couple weeks ago. I thought Kansas City would be able to run the table. Obviously, they haven't been able to run the table, and they're on a losing streak at this point. But I do think it's interesting now because I think the balance of power is going to shift. If you're watching that football game, what did Tony Rowe and Jim Nance bring up repeatedly there? Boy, this might be something. You might actually have a road game for Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs like a Mm. decade into his career, which is ludicrous to think about. But the Ravens now can smell a little bit of blood in the water. Their schedule is incredibly tough. But it's the – my. can you imagine this? Miami Dolphins, who what we said at the beginning of the season, boys, you can just tell me right now that Tua Tagovailoa is not going to be injured, get a concussion, or miss multiple weeks. They can be dangerous. They're going to win tonight. They're going to be 10-3 as well, which means they will be in a virtual tie with the Baltimore Ravens, which they actually will surpass the Ravens by a better yeah. conference record with a victory tonight, which means they'll hold the keys to everybody going through the AFC in Miami. That would be so much fun to watch, but I do think the Chiefs are taking down a peg right now, and I no longer think they're They can get that top overall spot here in the AFC.
4: We give them the benefit of the doubt, but the Chiefs have now scored 20 points or less in seven of their 13 games this year. It is not the same offensive output that we have seen in years past for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who is now in his sixth year as the starting quarterback in Kansas City. The previous five, they have won at least 12 games. They would have to win out to do that in the regular season. They have hosted the AFC Championship game in all five years as well. They have not always been the number one overall seed in that AFC playoff picture in the last half decade, but they have always hosted the AFC title game in Arrowhead. That seems like it might be a little bit up in the air at this point. Now back to the NFC. No Geno Smith for Seattle yesterday. The Seahawks on the road in Santa Clara, taking on the 49ers for the second time in a few weeks. They also met in the nightcap on Turkey Day, the third and final game of the triple header. Drew Locke was out there but it wasn't the result Seattle was looking for. It was the result the odds makers expected. The 49ers, in the absence of Geno Smith, closed as a 13 and a half point favorite. They win by 12, 28 16 over the Seahawks. They have won every one of their games for the 49ers this year, all 10 of them by at least a touchdown. They have covered in eight of the 10, and they have scored at least 27 points in all 10 victories. So San Francisco, now, Donnie, one of those three teams, a top the NFC with a 10 and 3 record
5: yeah, we knew Seattle's defense was porous coming into this football game, and it's just an embarrassment of riches right now for the San Francisco 49ers. Purdy, 368 yeah. in the air. McCaffrey, 145 on the ground. Two wide receivers, both Samuel, 149 in the air, and Ayuk 126 on the air. Crazy. you tight end with three for 76, which included a 44-yard touchdown catch. That team is really good. I had a parlay yesterday. The only thing I was finally waiting on was a Nick Bosa sack, which I got late in that football game. But if you're talking about just betting teams, and also when we talk about betting markets here, Ben, where was this line most of the week? 10 and a half. Where'd this line end yep. up on Sunday? 14. Look at that number. 28 to 16, right in the middle. So it matters when you bet football teams and at what times you bet those no football teams. But by the way, Drew Locke, couldn't tell the difference there in that offense between him and Geno Smith. 269 and two touchdowns did throw the two interceptions, but I thought he spun it really well. And that might give a little bit of hope down the stretch if Geno Smith can't be your starting quarterback with that groin injury.
4: Donnie, I mentioned San Francisco has covered in eight of their ten wins this year. The only two times they have not. They have closed as a nearly two-touchdown favorite where earlier in the week they were laying 10.5 or 11.5 and and would have covered that number earlier this season against Tampa Bay, yesterday at home against Seattle. But it is clear what the oddsmakers think of this San Francisco team. There is a tier of one in the NFC and a tier of one to win Super Bowl 58. Plus 260, the number on san francisco the 49ers at this moment nearly three and a half dollars in front of baltimore the ravens the second best price at six to one miami third best number plus 700 then the eagles chiefs and cowboys all at plus 750 we'll go around the afc how wild the wild card picture is coming your way up next you're on the early line
3: um
2: Sunday
4: reactions around the week 14 NFL Sunday slate live right here on a Monday morning on the early line. And Donnie, right before kick yesterday in Cleveland, we saw tremendous market movement for the Browns hosting the Jaguars. It's because Trevor Lawrence lined up and started in that football game despite the injury to the ankle in the Monday night disaster against the Cincinnati Bengals. But because T-Law was there, did not result in a Jacksonville win. And earlier in the week the total was at 30 and a half it closed at 36 and a half and it should have been much more than that the Browns win 31-27 31-27 at home in front of the dog pound, covering as a short one-and-a-half-point favorite. Joe Flacco threw for more than 300 yards. The Browns turned over the Jags four times, including intercepting Trevor Lawrence three separate times. Cleveland, now 8-5, and five, the top seed in the AFC wildcard chase, that number five spot overall in the AFC playoff picture. The Jaguars have dropped two in a row. They are also 8-5. and five. Yeah, I'm worried a little bit about the Jaguars here because with Trevor Lawrence, that
5: ankle injury can always flare up at any time with a high ankle sprain. I was actually surprised he gave it a go, but by the way, it did look pretty mobile in the pocket. But You're right. You can't turn the football over four times on the road and expect to win even if the Cleveland Browns turned it over three times themselves. But the one thing we're getting out of Joe Flacco here is apparently he's not in there, Ben, to be a game manager. If that would have been the case, we had big leads throughout that game for the Cleveland Browns. You wouldn't be throwing 45 times in a game when you know usually the Cleveland Browns are built on the ground. But the thing I like to see here, we know David Njoku, six catches, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. He's an explosive tight end. It seemed like he was really, I don't want to say like, you know, in the background at that point but stepping up and saying the whole field is now eligible to catch passes here because Flacco's got a big time arm Amari Cooper left last week with a concussion after getting two catches for 28 yards on the first drive he added one more a little bit later in that game but now he's 7 for 77 here I like what I'm seeing out of the Browns they're not even relying on defense Ben they're relying on offense which is supposed to be the exact opposite here but that's a big win if we expected the Cleveland Browns to dip out of the playoff hunt that's not the case anymore and right now the Jacksonville Jaguars so lucky that the The Jets took down the Houston Texans. Otherwise, it'd be full-blown panic mode down there in Duval County.
4: And when you look at Cleveland, 6-1 at home this year. Straight up and covering yesterday as a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Joe Flacco, 311 yards. Trevor Lawrence on the other side, 28-of-50. 257 yards. Yes, three touchdown tosses, but three INTs. And again, Cleveland turned it over three times, and yet Jacksonville still lost that turnover margin, having four of their own. Jacksonville still greater than a $5 favorite to win the AFC South because both the Houston Texans lost yesterday on the road in New York and the Indianapolis Colts go down against Cincinnati. We'll look at that in the AFC playoff picture in just a moment. But Cleveland sits in that top spot in the AFC wildcard race of those three positions in the postseason landscape around the AFC. Elsewhere, the top team right now in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. It was expected to be easier based on the odds makers yesterday for the game against LA. Only one of two games it featured a touchdown or greater spread. The Ravens do not cover, but they win in overtime against the Rams 37-31. It was was Tylen Wallace a 76-yard punt return touchdown in that extra session that walks it off for Baltimore. They currently have the best record in the AFC at 10 and 3.
5: And by the way, Odell Beckham Jr., four catches, 97 yards and a touchdown, closing in on his season-long average. Excuse me, season-long total here, which I have a little bit of a taste of. So I think another 47, 48 yards he crosses over that. But this game was about Lamar Jackson. How about this? 316 yards passing in the rain, three touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. But what do we love about Lamar Jackson in the rain? His ability to use his wheels. 11 carries for 70 yards here. He was tremendous, which included an unbelievable touchdown pass late in that game to take the lead. And an unbelievable, two-point conversion. He was sensational. He was the MVP that we were hoping yeah. to show up. But as I say that, what's going on with the Ravens defense here? Come up with a stop here. Make a play. We weren't able to do that. Yeah. And quite frankly, you get to overtime with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens went three and I'm like, they're going to lose this football game at home. We've seen this play yeah. out way too many times this season for the Ravens to have a team down and out, which they should be, and let them creep back in. But a big time punt return rescues the Baltimore Ravens as a ticket holder here for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I love that win But even though I'm excited about the prospects heading down the stretch, number one, it's a very tough schedule. But number two, I need the Ravens to sort of express that, hey, you know what? We're a dominant football team. Let's put some of these teams away. I didn't get that, which I don't know shows more on the Ravens or the Los Angeles Rams still got a lot of fight in them down the stretch.
4: That they certainly do. I think the Rams are going to factor into that NFC Wild Card conversation that we'll look at and talk about in just a moment. But the focus here on Baltimore. Now the AFC championship favorites in front of Kansas City and Miami at plus 260. But north of a touchdown favorite this year, the flock now just one and three against the spread. Lamar threw for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Was the Ravens leading rusher? Had 70 on the ground. But Matthew Stafford on the other side. 95, three touchdowns, and a reemergence of Cooper Cup. He had 115 yards, and Puka Nakua, 84 as well. The Rams, 6 and 7, still in that wild card chase in the NFC. Let's keep our focus on the AFC. The line all week long, Donnie, started to work in the way of the Cincinnati Bengals. At home, after the Monday night surprise in Jacksonville, winning outright as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog in the emergence of one Jake Browning. That continued yesterday at home against Indianapolis, who was the favorite early in the week. By the time we got the kick yesterday afternoon, Cincinnati was laying two and a half, and that number wasn't even quite enough. They win by 20, 34-14, easily covering as a two and a half point home favorite. And Jake Browning continues to be efficient with the football. 18 of 24, 275 yards, two touchdowns, albeit one interception yesterday.
5: By the way, it's funny, too, because you watched that game yesterday, and the jokes were like Browning is cramping up, but it looked like he, like, hurt his thumb. It's like, oh, no, he can't spin it. But it turns out his hand was cramping up, and the jokes were like, there's so much heat that arm man like you just can't yeah. keep it all under wraps at this point he was only 18 of 24 ultra efficient for 275 and two scores here this is amazing because you thought once Joe Burrow went down it was a wrap on the season for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals and they're getting just as good quarterback play as if they actually had Joe Burrow under center but also here's what I want to pick up sometimes you find some gems late in the season that you uncover here Joe Mixon looks like he's found by the way the fountain of youth another touchdown this weekend and also 21 yeah. carries for 79 yards they're going to need him down the stretch but how about chase brown forget about on the ground eight for 25 which he has soon shown some explosive capabilities over the past two weeks yep. but three catches 80 yards and a touchdown here so you're telling me now Mixon's running hot browning's playing good brown is a viable backup option that could be a playmaker in the backfield and as a satellite running back on the outside and you still have t higgins jamar chase and tyler boyd out there Who's to say the Cincinnati Bengals can't make a run? Now, do we think they're going to win the AFC? Not necessarily, but they're now a playoff team. When I wrote them off just a few short weeks ago, that was a really impressive performance. And keep in mind, it's a 14-14 game at the break where they outscored the Colts yeah. 20 to nothing in the second half. Great performance out of the Bengals. That's a fun offense.
4: Jake Browning in relief duty on that Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the Sunday night, excuse me, Sunday start against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 19 of 26 for 227 yards, seven incompletions. Last week on Monday night, five incompletions against Jacksonville. This previous Sunday, yesterday against Indianapolis, only six incompletions. He has been incredibly efficient with the football. So now we look at the AFC playoff picture that is as jumbled as memory serves here this late into the season as week 14 comes to a close with two games on this Monday. Two teams in the AFC still yet to play. That would be Tennessee and Miami. So the Dolphins could be in a tie with the Ravens for that top spot, at least based on overall record at 10 and three. But the Bengals win yesterday. The Bills win yesterday. The Colts lose. The Texans lose surprisingly 30-6 against the New York Jets outright as a three-point favorite. They have been terrible as the favorite side this year. Now one and five against the number. Zach Wilson throws for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Shout out to you, DRS, that had the alt-passing prop for Zach Wilson, 200-plus with plus money. The Texans lose. The Colts lose. The Steelers lost on Thursday night. And the Denver Broncos pull off a slight upset on the road in L.A., winning outright as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog, knocking off the bulge 24-7. Justin Herbert injured in the opening quarter with an injury to his right, throwing hand. The Broncos take advantage. They've won six of their last seven. They are now 7-6 and as well. So six teams, Donnie. Six with a 7-6 and record right now, all firmly in the hunt in the AFC postseason picture.
5: Let's take a look at the first five teams here in the AFC if the season were to end today. The Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Jaguars, and Browns. I actually think there's a legitimate chance all five of those teams make it into the playoffs. But then the fun begins behind them because the Steelers at 7-6 and six still slated to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be there when it's all said and done. I don't just think they're that good. The Indianapolis Colts, yes, there's a lot of question marks at 7-6, and six, but now you start to take a look at the Texans who I thought were definitely going to be in the playoffs, which meant they're probably going to beat the Jets. And what a difference a week makes because even though how poorly the the Texans played now injured. They got late in that game. If Tim Boyle was the starting quarterback, the Houston Texans would have won that football game. But see what happens when you put a company quarterback on the road, or excuse me, at home, when you're on the road here to go up against, it's not so easy yeah. to go up against. And that's why you see them falter. The Denver Broncos, certainly an absolute wild card to make it in. And then you see the 10 and 11 seeds here, which the ultimate yeah. wild cards, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. If I had to stop today, I would actually would say to myself, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Bills have a better chance than the Texans, Colts, and the Steelers. But every single week, every game, these uh, these actual standings are being shaken up yeah. here. But that's the way I say it. It's going to be a wild finish. But the 9, 10, and 11, I think, have a way to sneak themselves into the playoffs here.
4: A lot will play out in the final month. The Broncos of those AFC teams have the easiest schedule remaining. They will play on this upcoming Saturday in that triple header against the Detroit Lions. That's the only team with a winning record left on its schedule at the moment. But, Donnie, there are legitimate paragraphs paragraphs of literature to read through that breaks down all the head-to-head and divisional tiebreakers right now that stack up for the AFC wildcard picture. Comparison and overall records in games that are the same among common opponents. Conference records, divisional tiebreakers, head-to-head matchups, all of that right now in the AFC playoff picture. We quickly turn our attention to the NFC and the NFC South. A matchup in Atlanta yesterday in the battle for that top spot in the division in the bucket And the Falcons a home loss. Tampa winning outright as a two and a half point underdog, 29 25 based on the head-to-head and the common record in games of common foes. The Bucks now sit in first, but Donnie, there are three teams in the NFC South at 6-7 and seven in the fourth and final. The Carolina Panthers only have one win. Nobody has a winning record as we enter the final month of this regular season.
5: It's going to be a three-way playoff down there, and we're going to only have a couple games left to determine the champion here. But also, if you are the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, just make a stop, man. I thought Atlanta would be able yep. to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You saw them score a late touchdown. Remitter was very good in this game. You had a five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to take a three-point lead, which included that two-point two point conversion. Then you give it back to the Bucs, 12-play, 75 yards. Come on now. 29-25. I mean, the game was over at that point. You had a chance to turn the lights out on Tampa Bay season and weren't able to do that Now every everybody's at six and seven and away we go in the nfc south
4: baker mayfield has that clutch gene 11 yard touchdown toss to his tight end kate otten with just over 30 seconds remaining for the victory so now tampa is the slight favorite in the nfc south but you'll see all three of the contenders that have not been eliminated from the postseason carolina has within 30 cents of one another
3: a couple of college football headlines on the other side of the break .com.
4: Rounding out this opening hour of the first day of a new week. It's a Monday live right here on the early line with some college football news. Only one FBS college football game on Saturday, but it's one of patentry tradition and America. The 124th playing of the Army-Navy game up in Foxborough, Massachusetts at Gillette Stadium in what an Army-Navy game it was. Three seconds remaining in the football game. On fourth in goal from the two-yard line Ty Lavatai, the quarterback for the Naval Academy tries to sneak into the end zone he is stuffed by the black knights on the goal line so they turn it over on downs when they were down by eight 17 to nine and then it became the overwatch 27 and a half with three seconds remaining on its old goal line army's quarterback bryson daly takes a safety to run out the clock 17 to 11 it leads us to an over of 27 and a half for the second straight year army wins 17 11 they cover as a two and a half point favorite army has won two straight years as well in six of the last eight army navy games the cadets have sung second drs I get a kick
5: out of the Army Navy game because every year it's really that standalone you want to watch because the pageantry is actually more fun than the game itself. It's like a if you go back into like a time warp to 1985 with two like bad high school football teams. It's because there's no breakaway speed, there's no talent at wide receiver. It's three yards in a cloud of dust, and you say to yourself, like I understand their quarterbacks and what their job is, but did they ever throw a pass in their entire lives? And that part of it I love, and the fact that it came down to a tush push at the end of the game with a team. Should I say? Both teams that should be able to execute them better than anybody else. It did have some pageantry at the end of that game. It was fun to watch it all the way through. Put it this way, Ben, it's so bad, it's so good, if that makes
4: sense. Ty Lavatai threw the ball 26 times, Donnie. What do you need out of the Army what Navy throw, game? 25 passing attack. No, he threw for 179 and a touchdown. He was lighting up that Army defense that didn't know what to do at the end of the game because they were throwing hitch routes each and every play. We'll talk about the Heisman Trophy winner on the other side as we get going into hour number two.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.